Please listen carefully. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Bass, where each week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we take it apart and look at it from a bunch of different angles. Dave and I kind of pitch in our personal experiences, and we also ask you, the listeners, to interact with us. We really want to hear about uh, your experiences as well. Uh, We consider this part of a conversation, and we're just trying to get it started here at the podcast. And the way that you can pitch into the conversation is pretty easy. Uh, You can email us at podcast at practicalbase.com. If you would like, you can also use the contact form at our website, practicalbase.com. But we'd also love to see you on our social media accounts. We have a Practical Base group at Facebook along with our page, and you can feel free to interact with us there as well as other listeners, we will uh, keep posting information and questions and conversation starters there as well. What are we going to talk about today, Dave? Paula, this week we're going to talk about tu- tuner, tuners, tuners, tuners. You just tuned your voice. That was pretty cool. Tuners. Listen to you. You were like, you were chromatically like tuning your voice. Tuners, I, tuners, tuners. I got us right there. It was there. very nice. That was, I was not expecting, that's kind of like, the podcast equivalent of like onomatopoeia or something. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly well what I was going for. What <laughs> what kind of what kind of tuners do you have? Um yeah, so right now primarily I'm using, you know, I'm I'm using the uh, the polychromatic, the TC electronic. Oh, that's the fancy one. Is that's the mm-hmm. one that's the one with the pedal that like if you're one of those people who plays guitar or something like you could strum your guitar and it like tells you all the tuners yeah you all could the e- tuning yeah you could do it with a bass too you could oh just oh my god you could just strum across like quickly in between songs click the pedal strum the string know which one needs a little adjustment go back i didn't even realize that it could do that with bass yeah i really didn't that's yeah. amazing yeah I'm like I, I'm I'm still constantly amazed by technology. Like it is the right. best time ever to be a bass player. Like there's so many awesome gadgets. There but, are. So this tuner, this polychromatic TC tuner, is one of them. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you? What are you using right now? Um. Well, so I have an app. I have right. an app for that. <laughs> right. right. No. No. Really. Like there, I have an app for that. Uh. I have a. I have. <laughs> I do have a tuner app. I think it's called. I want to say G <laughs> G strings or something like that. Uh, that, I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm going to show this to you in the pod. We are in the practical base studios together right uh-huh. now. And I'm going to show you, look at the, the right side of the screen and you're, that's not a lie. Oh yeah. It's called G strings. Literally called G strings. All right. I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I use that sometimes for like really quick yeah. on the fly acoustic tuning. It basically uses the mic on your phone and right. And and it's actually it's a it's a pretty decent tuner. Like the microphones on phones nowadays right. are actually not bad for yeah. those kinds of applications. Um, they're not terrible. They're no worse than like the, there's another tuner I have, which is a Boss TU yep. two or something like that. It's it's yep. a pocket size tuner, right? That you plug into. It's about the size of like a big battery pack for a camera or something. Right. Yeah. That I have one of those. Um, I've got a Snark clip-on tuner yeah like that one that's kind of like the i've yeah one of those kind of like a rotating 
Yeah, but I keep losing it. Like I keep putting it in a base bag and then I forget which base bag it's in. So it's never with right. me. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Um, but the but phone is always with you. The phone is always with me. So yeah. in a bit of pinch, I've got that. But yeah. mainly the tuner that I use is in my um, my pedal. Like I have a multi-effects pedal, this Line 6 right. Bass Pod XT Live that I've had for literally 12 years. Yep. And usually I tune from that because the nice thing about it is uh, you hold down the thing and it like it automatically mutes uh, right. the output, yep. so you can tune quietly on stage. That's right. So that's nice. Is it one of those that like it gives you like left means it's flat or left means it's sharp, and like you just get to know which one, and it's got like does it have colors and lights? Actually, so here's the thing: um, if if like the one improvement that I would make to that pedal, mm-hmm. you just nailed it. Like it doesn't. So what it has is there's a a light up panel on the yep. the, the effects pedal, and it basically draws a digital needle. Yeah, and so it does have a couple display like a couple arrows that light up in the like that um, the graphics of a couple arrows that yep. sort of show up when you're within your very, very close distance of the, of the tuning, right? Just like that. But they aren't always as visible as I might like, like having extra led lights would have been a really nice addition to that. It's the only improvement I think I could think of for that pedal. Yeah. But yeah, it's, that's one of the things that like the TU twos are nice about, or, you know, like you said, your TC, like I've seen the display on those and it's like super bright. You cannot miss it on stage. And that's what makes this so amazing. Yeah, nice and prominent. A, a lot of any of these tuners, I mean, it depends on what, where like, and we'll talk about different, you know, different functionalities and where you need them and where you use them. But a lot of it is just how much does it make sense for that situation? Right, right. Like, you know, there's there are other kinds of tuners out there than the ones that we talked about. I mean, have you used some other types of tuning, like other tuning methods at the, like at a studio or whatever? Yeah, I've used... Um, so I I did use a, the clip for a while. I mean, I'm kind of like a one tuner guy, right? Just like everything else. So for a while I did just use the clip. Yeah, so like I mean, I, if if you're a listener who's new to practical bass, one of the things that you're going to learn about Dave is that, you know, he's very much like a minimalist and not in the sense that, you know, he doesn't buy great gear or something like that. Like he is he is invested in really good gear, but he he picks the right thing and he, you know, he really likes the aesthetic of not having a bunch of, you know, junk hanging around or whatever. He like, he finds what he likes and he, and then he has that with him and he only needs one of it because everything he can take in one, you know, one shot from the car or whatever. So that was yeah. just a little introduction. Yeah, to yeah, Dave. Yeah. You know, no, 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 <laughs> no, you nailed it. You nailed it. I mostly it's just cause I can't make choices. So if I have to choose between two, tune, two tuners, it's really hard for It's you. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I also have one suit that I wear to work every day. One. You, know, you know, Einstein did that too, right? Like there was a myth. I don't know right. if this is really true, right. but there is right. a, there is a rumor about Einstein that he had like eight, like of the exact same right. suit. Yeah. So he never had to devote any thinking to what he was going to wear to, you know, that's right. To the department that day or right. whatever. I never have to think about which tuner I'm bringing. You take your one tuner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I did use the, uh, the, the clip for a while. Um, and then, and, and I'll, I'll use the clip sometimes for like acoustic instruments, uh, for acoustic basses, but, um, like at the studio, if it's my home studio also, I've used, 
Um, the Line 6 Pod has like software stuff that has, it's still like, it. obviously it's a digital tuner, but it has like the needle. Yeah. And the needle's really slow moving. Like yeah. the, the display of it is really like, it's sensitive, but not in a crazy wonky way. Yeah. Like it doesn't flick back and forth. Yeah. It doesn't do, like yeah. really fast or anything. It It's just like super solid and it it's really quick to tune and so if i'm recording i'll use that one because i feel like it's it gets me like right down to where yeah. i want to be yeah it's funny because those um you know the tuners on those units like they kind of settle in in a way that's similar to like a strobe tuner where it doesn't right. react right away you have to kind of like adjust and then wait and watch what it does yep. to get it right on the money yeah yeah and so, yeah, that's probably the only other tuner I think I've ever used was like a, a Peterson strobe tuner mm-hmm. um, at a couple different studios that recorded up, you know, uh, m- mainly up towards DC. I don't want to like name drop, but you know, right. they're good studios. Yeah. And, you know, they had, you know, you've got hundreds of dollars to drop on a tuner if you have, right. you know, <laughs> if you have hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars to drop on the rest of the equipment, you can deal with, you know, a $500 right. strobe tuner. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, so tuners can actually cost that much, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Holy absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you find some of the vintage ones that, you know, they they light up and, you yeah. know, the, the wheels would turn on the inside. And those were, you know, those tuners are super, super accurate. Um, and, you know, You'll, you're going to get within, you know, fractions of a fraction of mm-hmm. a of a cent yeah. to the to the note that you want, and that's nice. But on the other hand, they're fidgety and they're not roadworthy. You know, they're not right. they're kind of fragile. You're not going to carry something like that around <laughs> with you. You can't put that one on the stage. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, a- <laughs> th- I mean, one of the things I guess you know, really, when we were talking about this subject, we were thinking like. You know what is there to go into, and really, it's all about the pros and cons of like how does a mm-hmm. how does a specific type of tuner work in a certain scenario, right? Right. So, you know, you mentioned like you sometimes use a clip tuner with with an acoustic instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what the acoustic instruments? I guess one place to start is like across the range of different tuners that are out there. Mm-hmm. One of them is like the built-in tuner, right? Right, like on an acoustic bass guitar. So I have one of my instruments is a, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a detractor, but I would say I have not been an enormous, you know, fanatic about um, Ibanez instruments. Mm-hmm. Not just not a big fan. They're just not my thing. Yeah. Um. It's you know, there are people who love them, and I say whatever floats your boat. Man, it's all about whatever makes you happy. That's right. Um, there's a lot of their stuff I've not been happy with. But yeah. I did play an acoustic bass guitar that a guy in the area brought to a jam that I was at. Mm-hmm. And it was a five-string fretless mahogany. It was mahogany quilted top mm. and back and sides. Man. And it was beautiful absolutely beautiful and it sounded fantastic i was i mean i i'd never heard an ibanez instrument sound that good right and he had put tape wound strings on it it was amazing anyway sorry like i i got off on the bass track but yeah. the point one of the one of the nice things about it was it had a tuner 
built in, you know, like mm-hmm. there are guitars, acoustic guitars and other things that like they build tuners into preamps all the time nowadays. Right. So this was one of them. It had a, uh, it had a chromatic tuner yeah. built into the preamp. And that's, you know, it's really handy yeah. to have something like that. And when you hit it, it would mute the output automatically yep. and let you tune up. And then, you know, you hit your switch and you're back in business. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, that's a nice thing. It's really convenient. They even have, a, I mean, I, I know that there's, you know, there are amps out there that have tuners that are built in as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like some of the TC amps have Some of the TCs do. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just a nice feature. Like it's, it's one less item if you can get used to however that tuner works, but just like anything else that's built in, you're kind of like stuck with what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so I've, I've had some built in tuners that are like cool in that they come with, right. They're just one, it's just, you know, the base, then a cable and then the amp. Right. That's nice. But, um, but you're also kind of stuck with whatever quality that that tuner is. And usually they're like the, three dots on each side that kind of like light up yeah. whenever they kind of feel like it. So you get close <laughs> enough and everybody's cool because you're playing an acoustic bass. And some of them are fidgety, right? Like you talked right. about the fidgety nature of some mm-hmm. tuners and then some others that are kind of like slower and more thoughtful about where right. they where they center the note. Right. Yeah. And I would say definitely like the the one that's built into this Ibanez, it's fidgety. Yeah. Right. Like I'll play the, the same note as close to the same dynamic as I can a couple right. times in a row. And, you know, and I'm playing yeah. an open string because it's a fretless, obviously. Right. And it'll like, you know, it'll give me different readings yeah. each time. That's where that's where it frustrates me with like with tuners is when you have to play it differently. When you have to play the note differently. Like you can't just like pluck away. You have to yeah. pluck evenly compared to what? Like how you would how, how you're you going normally to play, play. yeah because that's how's it going to sound when you normally right. play then, right? <laughs> right so then i'm thinking yeah. already too much yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean yeah that's a big part of it like i think yeah. that's a that's a good a you know a good point is that you're kind of stuck with what the manufacturer gives you at mm-hmm. that point and um you know another thing although uh, you know i haven't seen this with this particular ibanez um there are some preamps out there probably older ones i think manufacturers nowadays get away from this but some mm-hmm. older ones like if you if you left them in tuner mode like the battery will just drain even if nothing's plugged into oh, it oh yeah yeah that's right um, that's a lot right. of times nowadays they'll they'll, yeah. sh- they'll have a timer like a shutoff timer because that costs yeah. almost nothing to do in the hardware these days right but you know in the old days like old days, whatever that was, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, when digital tuners were starting to become the rage, um, you know, the circuitry wasn't as cheap to produce a timer like that. So, you know, if you had the timer engaged or the, um, sorry, the tuner engaged, you know, you open up your instrument and suddenly the preamp's dead when you bring it in. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That ruins everything. Yeah. Because then you can't play your Base. It kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sucks when you show up to the gig and can't play. Um, so the clip on, I guess, is maybe the next step up. Yeah. Right. Like I mentioned, I had a I have a snark. Um, you know, again, mm-hmm. you guys will hear us mention brand names. We don't shy away from that here. Um, but we don't get endorsed by anybody. So what you're gonna get here is like, you know, whatever our real opinions are. Um, so I have a snark. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those clip-ons. It has right. a rotating little circular head. Yeah. Um, very easy to read on stage, which is nice. Does it um, have like the orange background or like... I think mine is 
a black, regular black background and like, I want to say like amber or yellow oh, okay. letters. Yeah. Like the, 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 the tuning letters come up as amber right. and then like red for the indicators on it or something. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm doing this from memory, but I think that's how they come out. Yeah. I think I, I, I don't know the, the brand that I had, but I felt like it was the same brand, but it had the orange background with the black lettering. And, and then there were two switches that changed the background, right? Like the old, like, yeah. you know, if you were to buy like a, like a car from the nineties yeah. in the early two thousands, it oh, has yeah. like Light a different orange panel and then yeah. black Or text do you want, it. right. Or do you yeah. want like the purple or like, it's got like two, <laughs> two oh, yeah. options. It's, you it's know? like a pimped out stereo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is like, it's all about like. Acura. Yeah. But, but like. Hopefully you're not playing an outdoor gig with the one that I had, because if it was an outdoor gig, then none of it illuminates. It would just get lost. Yeah. 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 That's, that's definitely a, a drawback. Um, you know, there are a bunch of people who make those, the clip on tuners like Korg makes them. Yep. Uh, I think, I think, um, TC makes one, uh, Fender makes one, uh, mm-hmm. there, bunches of people make them now. I'm sure right. they're all like outsourced from like two different or three different <laughs> you know, companies right. overseas or whatever. They just put different casings on them or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the clip on tuners share the fact that they're super portable is great. Right. And they're not expensive. Right. Most of them. And you can afford to like get one for every instrument. I yep. have not done that. If I did that, I'd, I wouldn't keep losing it. Right. Right. I keep losing mine because <laughs> I have one. Right. If I was smart, I'd buy like four and put one yeah. in every case. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you know, another nice thing about those is that um, when your guitarist forgets his or her tuner, bloop, bloop, just throw it just to throw him. Just throw it. Yep. Yep. There you go. It's a, it's a good suddenly, sharing. It's a good sharing you've tuner. Saved, you've saved the gig. That's right. So, yeah, I, I would say, though, that the, the clip on tuners, they share some of the drawbacks right of the built-in tuners they're not right. you know they're cheap they're cheap you're getting what you paid for sometimes they're not super accurate um and they really depend on the acoustic resonance of whatever your instrument is cuz right. they're getting their tuning from right. the vibration and so if they're not getting a lot or if there's a lot of interference on stage say there's a DJ playing loud music the clip-on tuner is right. like at a commission yeah can't even use it right so that's where like to me the pocket size tuner is the next step up, mm-hmm. right? Like that right. one, you you can. Here's a, here's a stupid pro, but it, it, uh, you know when we talk about pros and cons, this to me is a maybe a silly pro, mm-hmm. but it's something I really like. Is that they usually take standard batteries? You put like two double A's in right. it or something, right? Right, and that is instead a huge of those pro. little yeah. like hearing aid batteries right. or whatever, where you have to you got to have to run to the drugstore and find whatever you right. know model battery that is yeah when i have to go to a battery store to get batteries for something that's a problem that's where i'm like yeah this is not because what uh, do i buy a two pack (laughs) do i get a three do i get a four do you sell a four pack right right how many of these do i need and how long are they gonna last how many years am i gonna have that how many months am i gonna i don't even know yeah (laughs) exactly because i have to go to the battery store (laughs) the battery store will be out of business by then yeah (laughs) that'll be the best part because they're a battery store right (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, and the pocket size tuners in, in my experience, the, the detectors are a little better. Mm -hmm. They, they're a little better accuracy. And the nice thing is a lot of them have a mic on them as well. 
right? Right. The clip-on tuner, you're never going to have that. It's, I mean, it's all based on the resonance through the, you know, through the mount. But a, you know, a, a pocket tuner, a lot of them have a, a small, very tiny condenser mic on them. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a quiet room or something like that, you can use that to tune as well. Yeah. And that's nice. Like they're they're useful for acoustic instruments that way as well. Yeah. The only, I guess the only drawback is maybe convenience. I mean, they're convenient to, to carry around, right? Cause they're small. Right. And they don't weigh a lot in your gig bag or whatever. But one of the things, I guess it's an issue with them is they don't have a pass through, right? They're not like a, a pedal that's a tuner right. where you can run your signal into it and then out of that into out. your next stuff. Really most of the tuners, like these pocket tuners are like, you know, line in and that's it. Right. And Dead so, end. Yeah. yeah. So if you actually want to use it with your amp set up, your amp has to have a tuner out, like a, a line or a tuner out that's, you know, you don't need for anything else. And thankfully, you know, a bunch right. of amps have this. I mean, this is, it's one of the things that I liked about my my SWR Redhead is it mm-hmm. had a tuner out. Right. And I, I think my Mark Bass has a tuner out on it. Right. And that's nice. Like, it's it's a nice thing to have so you can plug one of these little guys into it. Um, but if you're playing like a vintage amp or something like that, you don't have that luxury. Right. What are you going to do? You're going to like unplug your, your, your lead. Yeah. And put it into the tuner. From the amp. Yeah. You you pretty much, it it basically means now you are now, you're now into either a pedal board situation or you have to get like a splitter, like a Y splitter and turn on the tuner at some point, you know, or you just tune at the beginning of the gig. At the end of the set. Yeah. And that's and then yeah. And then go for it. And 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 you know, woe betide you if you changed <laughs> your strings the night before the gig or the day of or something like that's that. Right. You know? So yeah, so what's yeah. the next step up after pocket sized? Is isn't there the, the fork? Oh, the tuning Ding. fork. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Slim we didn't, we didn't put table. that one. <laughs> I remember when I first started playing bass and I was Asking the uh, instructor, I'm like, how do I use this thing? And he's like, well, you just, you, you pluck your E, you hit this thing against your knee, and then you bite it for the vibration. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, oh. He's like, yeah. I think he's just making fun of you, right? I think so. <laughs> so. He's like, I want to see if your fillings stay in. He's <laughs> not cool. Oh, man. Yeah, well, from there, then we go, you know, then we're into, uh, then we're into pedal world. Yeah, so that's like, then we get to like the world of like your TC, right? For example, yeah, right, and you know, that's a nice unit to have. No, it's perfect. You know, if it's, I mean, if you're, especially if you have pedals that you're working with already, I mean, it's just, it's one that you, you could just throw right into there. Yeah, right. It's the first one that you throw into the mix. Yeah, it also gives you the uh, the mute capability. Yes. So every time, so I could tune in between songs, boom, right. click. And you don't have to worry about like the, the audience is not going to get any of that. Right. Yeah. It's right. all for you. And, and I, and I can just use it as a general mute, like at the end of my set. Yeah. Just click that. That's the bass down. You know, that's a great point because I do the same thing with my line six pedal. Since it does that, I mm-hmm. turn it to tuner when I put my bass down. That's that right. Way, you know, I know nothing's going to, you know, go squawking yep. all the way through the set. Or super the, uh, set break. Super convenient, super easy. Um, you know, they're powered pretty strongly, so they've yeah. 
they're pretty accurate in general. Yeah. I mean, I guess like other pedals, you know, you can run into issues where the input or the output jack, something could happen to it. You get some buzz or something like that. But on the, on, at the same time, mm-hmm. like if you're already invested in pedals, like that's something that you know already. Right. Right. You're aware of that. I mean, I think like, so the other day, um, I was leaving my studio and the guitar. So I was like, oh, did you leave this pedal here? It was, this, it was one of like the mini ones. And he was like, uh, he's like, uh, yeah, that's my other tuner. It's just garbage. Just throw it away. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? Like, just throw it away. And so I guess it was like a, you know, he, I don't know like what was going on, but he was like, basically it's just a piece of garbage. It just needs to be in the, it just needs to be in the garbage. Like he just didn't like it anymore. For yeah. Whatever reason. And then I realized it was like, kind of like a, you know, one that was built like in another country. That's not whatever. It was like, it was a fake pedal and it yeah. didn't have the functionality, which kind of comes down to the pricing. Cause at the end of the day for like what any pedal, you're really paying like 50 to a hundred bucks. Right. If not more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you get so, to the boutique level, you know, the ones without labels. Yeah. Or the ones with, yeah, forget <laughs> that. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode. So, but maybe his was only like 20 or 25 bucks. And I think the thing about these two is like, you have to, they're, they're, they cost more. You get what you pay for. Like right. in, in these, especially in when it comes to a tuner, like right. you really are going to get what you pay for. Right. Yeah. So, I mean like, so the next step up, I mean, if you're talking about a hundred bucks or something like that or right. more, you know, now we start getting into the level of like a rack mount right. tuner, right? Um, and there's a couple famous ones of those. There's like a Korg model. I know that was mm-hmm. it's still um, a, a really well thought of tuner. You know, they're super accurate. Um, yeah. And, you know, because you're paying for that accuracy, like the crystals in it are like tested to make sure that they're you know right on the money for frequencies and stuff. Yeah. Um, the only drawback I can think of is you know, they're expensive yeah, and they're heavy, like compared to like your pedal yeah. or, you know, a pocket tuner or something like that. It's, if you have a rack of gear that you bring, like if you bring a rack as part of your amp setup, <laughs> yeah, then I would say a rack tuner is an absolutely, sure. I would call that a very reasonable addition to yeah. your, to your setup. Um, on the other hand, myself, uh, now that I've kind of like gotten myself out of carrying heavy racks and other things yeah. for me, not so much. Yeah. I, I don't think I would do that. The the rack space I had in my, uh, in my SWR redhead, even that wasn't a tuner. It was a, a compressor. A compressor. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's how I chose to use that, that space and that, and that weight. But I yeah. mean, again, the rack mount tuner is when, you know, when you start to get to the point where you really want to have high accuracy, high visibility on mm-hmm. stage. You need it to be, you know, to survive heavy use, transport, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, that's probably a good choice. And, right. Yeah. And then I think maybe beyond that, now we're starting to get into the, you know, just the stratosphere. That's that's where you start to get into the, you know, these oh, yeah. vintage strobe tuners. Right. And, you know, the kind of tuners that you actually have to maintain them. Right as a piece of gear unto themselves. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And they're fantastic. Nothing can beat them as nothing can beat those for accuracy in my, my, just in my experience, you know, there, I know the digital tuners are out there that are, are fantastic as well. Um, but I can tell you that 
the studios that I've gone to, they, you know, some of them use digital tuners, but I would say at least half of them were still invested in really good strobe tuner that they yeah. maintained and like had professionally maintained. Right. Um, and they're, you know, they're accurate. They're going to be the most expensive, but they're really easy to use. Like any, anybody can use them. You don't have yeah. to guess where you are. And when you, when you're on, you know that you are dead on the money because the tuner does not move. Like the display does not move. Right. And that's how, you know, yeah, you know, you're good to go. You know, um, we like progress through all these like different levels, right? Yeah. I, I, I can still remember being a young bassist when I first started and like getting through the hurdle of tuning. It's not like it, tuning is one of those things that we just get better at the more we do it, right? The yeah. more gigs we play, yeah. the quicker we are. Yeah. Right. And, and I remember being like a young bassist and just seeing other bassists and musicians kind of like tune real quick. How they tune. Yeah. Right. Fast. Like they would use like the harmonics or whatever they did. Right. The quick. And I also remember being a young bassist and being in situations where the whole time I'm struggling with tuning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like the whole jam just didn't work because I'm not. And honestly, it's like, it is a thing. It's like, if you're at a beginning level of playing bass or playing any instrument, really, you're going to struggle with it. Yeah. And it is like normal. But if you can manipulate the tech, if you can use the technology to sort of like get you there quicker. Right. And, and just learn how to rely on, on the technology. It's just, um, it changes everything. Yeah. It's going to make, it's going to make that hill a little bit easier to climb. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I would say find the tuner, find the, find the best tuner that you can that will fit your mode of operation. Right. right? In other words, don't buy the cheapest tuner because it's cheapest. Find the one that fits what you're doing, mm -hmm. but you know, plan to spend whatever you think you can reasonably afford, knowing that that is going to help you get through that rehearsal or that gig or whatever. Right. That that's really the you know that that sounding good starts with being in tune. If you're right. not in tune, doesn't matter how good your technique is, you are going to sound terrible. Right. So, right. You know, you start from a great foundation. Yeah. You're going to be in good shape. Um, I guess the only other tip I could think about for tuners is just, you know, if you're in a situation where you're recording, I would say this is less important for a live band because mm -hmm. it's, it's transitory and, you know, digital tuners are all, you know, within, you know, within a reasonable tolerance, they're going to be roughly the same. But if you're recording, if you're in a recording situation, mm -hmm. everybody should use the same tuner. Right. Ideally, everyone should do that. And that way, it's a good if point. they're yeah. just slightly off, you don't end up finding out about that when you start mixing mm. your tracks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad situation to be in. Yeah. That's interesting. So even for like home recording stuff, if your band is just rehearsing, you're literally using the same tuner. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that the studios, like I said, yeah. the studio situations that I was in, um, everyone would use the same tuner and yeah. that way they could guarantee that everyone was tuned to the same version of right. whatever, whatever that tuner decided that a 440 was right. Right. Which hopefully was true. <laughs> right. Right. But whatever it was, yeah. everyone was going to be on the money for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that seems like 
as good a place as any to stop, I guess, for this week. Yeah. Um, Altogether. I, I'm I'm amazed, like, tuners generated that much dialogue here, but, you know, they are so important. And yeah. we would love to hear from you guys. Like, what are you using for your tuners? Um, you know, take a picture of your rig and share it with us. Um, let us know if there's a unit out there that you particularly like or don't like. Um, any recommendations that you have for using tuners? Any tips that you might have for some of the younger bassists or more uh, or less experienced bassists that are part of the community? We'd love you to share that. Um, and you can do that in a number of ways. Uh, we have a Facebook group, uh, Practical Bass, and it's a link from our page, the Practical Bass page on Facebook as well. Um, we also have presence on Google+, Plus, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Um, you can feel free to get in touch with us in any of those ways. If you just want to ask a question or if you have a suggestion for a topic, feel free to visit our website, practicalbase.com, or you can email us directly at podcast at practicalbase.com. This is all about starting uh, a conversation and having a dialogue with uh, our community of listeners. Um, You guys really matter to us, and that makes us want to keep doing this week in and week out. So we do love to hear from you. The best thing you could do if you are enjoying what we are doing, uh, that makes us super happy. And if if there's anything you want to do in return, I think we would ask that you share this with other musicians, especially bass players who are near and dear to our heart, although all musicians are welcome in our, in our practical bass community, and ask them to subscribe to the podcast. It's very easy. Just go to practicalbass.com and use the subscribe link or just use your mobile device or your computer if you have an iphone use the podcasts app if you have an android device you can use google play music um google play music also works on most platforms i think nowadays on your mac computer you can use itunes on a windows computer or just about any platform you can use stitcher radio uh you can use player fm or just about any podcasting app that's out there search for practical bass and then when the subscribe link comes up hit it and you will get a fresh episode delivered straight to you every week you don't have to do anything it'll just show up on your device or your computer and uh, you can listen and hopefully uh, uh, participate in the discussion until then i'm paul frields and i'm dave guzman this has been practical base thanks for listening And that's the boutique thing now, right? Like, it's like, yeah, our pedals are so good. We only sell to people who, yeah, they can memorize every single dial on everything. Yeah. And there's like, seven. I'm like, imagine running Pro Tools where nothing had a label on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay more. <laughs>